burnout. That feeling when it's another late night, another early morning, another long day. You've pushed yourself hard the last 17 long days, but you're not sure if you can push yourself through the 18th. You begin looking for something to quit, something to drop, something that is unimportant enough for you to ignore it so that you can finally deal with something actually important, or maybe just so you can get some sleep. Or maybe you crash completely. Every last one of your projects stops and you disappear. Most of us either know someone who has had a major burnout or we've had a major burnout ourselves. Maybe someone who is a major contributor and you can tell they're getting too much added to their plate. You can tell they're taking on too much and then they're gone. Weeks or months or sometimes years pass before they come back again. Some people never come back. We are a movement of people, of humans, and each of us is the most important thing about this movement. It's not our technology, it's not our geographic location or the language we speak or how much math we know. It's the combination of each of us into a full-blown, diverse, blossoming movement. This will be a hard journey. This will be a long journey. And we need you. You need me. We all need each other for a very long time. That's why it's so critical for each of us to take care of ourselves. If our movement is going to last decades, which it needs to, then we must last decades. And if we're going to last decades, we must learn how to burn with a sustainable flame day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year. Episode number 14 of the Liberationist podcast was about activist burnout. But today on the podcast, we're doing something different from that. Something a little unusual. But this might be one of the most important podcasts we do because we need you. We need you to last years. Not just this week, not just this month, this year, next year, the next five, and the next 10. And that means you need to have an activist self-care plan, an evolving living document or set of steps or principles that you can follow that ensure you're living a healthy life that's going to keep you sustained. And that's exactly what we're going to help you build today. This podcast is shorter because the bulk of it is in your hands, and I want you to take a little time to think about this and get out some pencil and paper and actually chew on what it means for you to sustain yourself through time. I'm going to ask you a few questions and give you a couple of tools to build your plan around, and then you have to take the time to answer them, to craft a plan for yourself, or to patch holes in your current plan, or just to assess how you're doing. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started. So if you're listening to this podcast in a place where you can get out some uh, paper and a pencil, then go ahead and pause the podcast and do that. Get out some paper, uh, get a pencil. And if you're listening to this on a walk or on the drive home, then just think about these things for right now. But whenever you get home, I want you to actually go through this exercise with, with pencil and paper because it's one thing to think about it and it's a completely different thing to actually practically write down a plan of what you're going to do. And you definitely need to do that. Okay, so let's get started. So I've put together the four cornerstones of your personal self-care assessment. And I want you to assess how well you're doing in each one of them. 
If these things aren't solid in your life, then things will inevitably start slipping. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. Okay, cornerstone number one, sleep. You've heard it all before, but a lot of people still ignore it consistently, and it takes a toll on your mind and your body and your relationships and your quality of thoughts over time. All of us should be getting enough sleep every night if we can, and most nights if we can't. The average adult needs around seven to eight hours of sleep, and this actually often means being in bed for around seven and a half to eight and a half hours to account for a little bit of time that you're naturally awake and restless throughout the night. One tip that helps me is I have an alarm on my phone that goes off every night at 9 p.m. that lets me know to go ahead and start winding down. Having some kind of nighttime routine is a really great way to go ahead and start the wind down process for the day and make sure that you're actually getting to sleep by a certain time. Spending time on screens keeps you awake for longer, so really try to make sure that you are shutting down your laptop and being off of your phone for around the last hour before you plan to go to sleep. Another tip is that it's important to go to bed and wake up at around the same time each day. For me, that means that I want to be going to bed around 11 or midnight and waking up around 7 or 8. Whatever that looks like for you, just try to set an alarm on your phone, get into some kind of solid routine, and try to make it happen at around the same time each night and each morning. All right, cornerstone number two. Diet and exercise. I put these together because there's a beautiful symbiosis between them, or if you're doing it wrong, a vicious cycle. Essentially, when you're eating a healthy diet, your exercise will flow much better and you'll be much more motivated to actually do it. And when you're exercising, you'll be naturally drawn to healthier foods. Anyone who's done this knows from personal experience that if you eat a massive, salty, greasy meal and then try to go run five miles, it's not going to end well for you. Try to eat meals that are a variety of fresh produce that you cook for yourself. Beans and rice and lentils are great staples in a diet. They don't take long to cook, and they can be incredibly versatile. Fresh fruit is also a really great part of a diet, especially before and after exercising. Personally, one of my favorite post-run snacks is an apple with some peanut butter. You can also make some really epic salads with all kinds of fresh fruit and veggies on top. You can throw rice or beans or noodles underneath for a little bit of extra density. You can add avocado on top and toss it in whatever your favorite dressing is. Just make sure you're getting lots of fresh fruits, vegetables, beans, rice, etc. As far as exercise, you really don't need a lot to reap all of the benefits. Personally, I enjoy a couple of walks every day, maybe half a mile to a mile. You can even listen to a podcast if you want while you're walking. And I also really enjoy going on a run just about every day if I can. Anywhere from a mile to two miles to four miles, whatever I'm feeling like that day. I don't think it really makes that much of a difference as long as you're getting some kind of exercise, some kind of good cardio there in the day. If I'm feeling like I'm in a weird rut emotionally or mentally, or I don't seem to be able to focus, a run usually completely clears my head and then I come back at it and I'm fresh, I'm good to go, and the rest of the day goes really great for me. Yoga in the mornings is also really refreshing. If you wake up kind of stiff or tired or whatever, doing some morning yoga is a really great way to wake up, really engage your body, and get going for the day. Just try to do something and do stuff that makes you feel good. 
really one of the main reasons why I exercise is because my whole life just flows better when I do it. I feel better, I look better, I think better, everything just works better. All right, cornerstone number three, meditation and journaling. I put these two things together because I feel like there's also a really nice relationship here. And they both involve your mind, your thoughts, the things that happen in your life, the stories that we tell ourselves, how we process events throughout the day, and how we frame different things that happen in our lives. My meditation and journaling practices aren't super consistent, but they're give or take every day or every other day, and it's enough to make a noticeable difference in my life. Five or 10 or 20 minutes meditating, five or 10 minutes journaling, it really doesn't take a lot of time to get the benefits of each of these activities. There's been a decent amount of research into each one of these uh, that shows undeniable benefits. And if you don't have any kind of meditation and or journaling practice right now, I would highly recommend starting with, you know, just like five minutes a day or something like that. It doesn't have to be a ton, but make it something. All right. And cornerstone number four, meaningful relationships. This is one that's really difficult for me, and it's one that I let slide a lot, but it's incredibly important. Humans are such social creatures. Uh, We are not meant to be isolated. We're not meant to be alone, and we thrive on connection with other people. Isolation is linked to psychological unhealthiness, and it's not only bad for our minds, but it's, it's damaging for our bodies as well. Isolation is literally harmful to us. So whether it's getting drinks with the same group of friends every week or going out for tea or coffee with someone who you admire or whether it's purposeful conversation with a significant other or whether it's regular calls home to your mom or your brother or your children or whoever it might be, meaningful relationships need to be one of the cornerstones of your life. So now there are really just two questions to accompany these four cornerstones. And those two questions are, Number one, how are you currently doing in each one of these four things? Number one, sleep. Number two, diet and exercise. Number three, meditation and journaling. And number four, meaningful relationships. So how are you doing in each one of those four things? And the second question to ask yourself is, how could you be doing better in each one of those things? Are there any major holes or major gaps in any of these that you need to fill? Are you already doing pretty good in some of them, but you could improve them slightly? Focus first on the ones that are completely missing or completely deficient and get them up to, you know, at least doing something in that cornerstone uh, before you start really hyper-optimizing each one of these. It's important to have healthy foundations in each one of these cornerstones because you can't make up for a lack of sleep by having a better diet and exercise. You can't make up for a lack in meaningful relationships by just sleeping more. You really need to be actively developing each of these things. So that's it. That's the exercise. And the rest of the time is yours to go through this. So just the four cornerstones, sleep, diet and exercise, meditation and journaling, and meaningful relationships. Those are your four different cornerstones there. And then just ask yourself those two questions. How am I doing in each one of these? And how could I be doing better? Feel free to really dig into these questions. Come up with an activist self-care plan for you. Uh, Assess how you're doing in each one of these things. 
and let me know what you come up with and let me know if you think that there are any big cornerstones missing or if you have any really good tips for people on how to develop out each one of these. You can send me an email at podcast at directactioneverywhere.com. I would love to hear your thoughts, your comments, your feedback, and your activist self-care plans. A really quick want to give a huge thanks to Elena Sigler here on the Colorado chapter for leading a breakout session at our last chapter meeting on this topic, on forming an activist self-care plan. Uh, Some of this material was taken directly from her activity, so thank you, Elena. The music for this podcast is by Lee Rosevere. Thanks for listening to the Liberationist Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Rauch. We'll see you next week.